Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Vikings Now podcast. Jim Rich along with Don Mitchell, Pierre Nugium, and Vikings win a boring, lackluster, uneventful, nothing to talk about, so you might as well just click off of this right now because uh, they win 31-28 over the Atlanta Falcons. And Don, what's your biggest takeaway from the circus that we witnessed? Ooh, first of all, another cardiac workout, right? I felt like I worked out. I didn't have to go to the gym in between, but – Amazing that Josh Dobbs can come in, did not have a single rep with any of his offensive guys, did not have a snap with Garrett Bradbury. He doesn't even know their last name, some of them. And then to come in, and yes, he had his issues at the beginning, but then to be coached up and calm down and to use his legs the way he did, just to extend plays and just get a win, I'm I'm still processing the whole thing. Pierre? First couple words that come to mind to me, resiliency grit and one heck of a coaching job by Kevin O'Connell because when you have when you think about it with Kirk Cousins being lost for the seasons this week they had a full week of practice with Jaron Hall you adjust your game plan to suit Jaron Hall and what he does best and he and Dobbs are not the same people they they are definitely not a different definitely different style of quarterbacks and then you have to abandon the game plan with Jaron Hall after the first quarter in comes Josh Dobbs who's been here less than a week and the Vikings offense put up their highest point total of the entire season, go figure. I mean, if you can figure out not just this team, but this league and how it operates on a weekly bla- a weekly basis, please let me know because I would love to have that kind of insight because I don't think anybody could have seen that coming. 31 points from the Minnesota offense today, given the circumstances that Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff was dealt an absolutely resilient, gritty performance today from this team. Uh, I think if I'm an NFL player right now, I am going to say, we are done with OTAs. We're done with organized team activities. I'm done with mini camps. I'm done with training camp. Just start us a week before we go and let's go. Because Dobbs, all right, well, you know, Don, you talked to him in the locker room this week. He mm-hmm. said he's a rocket scientist. Uh, <laughs> obviously, he was able to process this at rocket like speed to figure it out. But that's the most amazing thing is that there, I don't think he had a false start. I don't think they were lined up incorrectly for a snap. They didn't have to take a timeout looking around going, whoa, 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 this is not right. Um, It's pretty amazing what this kid, he's not a kid though, he's 27, but a kid as far as his NFL experience goes, uh, pulled off here today. You know, what he was saying afterwards is that um, the communication was key. He said, I was telling them what I was seeing, and they were saying how what I could do better. And so, yes, he's a rocket scientist, and he said this isn't engineering, but to process information quickly, and not just to, like he said, spit it back out, but to process it and be like, how do I use this? How do I apply it? And so, yes, we, we all thought the game was, was toast when he was sacked for a safety. And right. we're like, this thing is going down the tubes. You're thinking like, boy, what a trade this was like what is going on i just put frying pan meat fire and then but but again you could see that he was quickly processing and getting back into the flow and then the communication was key yeah absolutely so and you know it wasn't without its flaws 
two fumbles lost on the day. So, you know, I know he's the hero of the day, but if you're looking at the game in a grand scheme of things, there there is some things to work on. Ball security continue to continuing to be an issue for the Vikings. Uh, he's just a member of the Vikings now. I mean, they all do that. One of us. That's, that's what you have to do to be welcome myself to the team. Here, I'll drop the ball. doesn't matter who puts the jersey on. They have a tendency to fumble the ball away. So that's something that also needs to be addressed moving forward. But let's not take the shine away from, from Josh Dobbs. There was a critical play in the third quarter, I believe it was on a third down, mm -hmm. where he extended the drive with his legs. Minnesota ended up getting in the end zone as a result. Then on a fourth and seven, again, just when it looked like Dobbs was about to go down in a sack, somehow eludes pressure, keeps the drive alive on a 22-yard scramble, finishes that drive with a touchdown pass to Brandon Powell. It's uh, I have a feeling 10 years from now, November 5th of 2033, everybody's going to say, gather around, children. Let me tell you about the legendary tale of Josh Dobbs, because that's what it felt like today with the way he performed. And, and you hit on it before, but I think you should circle back to it, Pierre, what O'Connell did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being a former quarterback, I think he's able to put it into terms that a quarterback under pressure can understand. He knows that I don't need to hear extra stuff. Just what do you exactly do I have to do here? And I think he was able to – put that into a concise message to Dobbs that he would be able to comprehend quickly. This might be the best coaching job since he's been here oh, you know, yeah. this game. And well, I'd think so because everything's yeah. going to pieces. <laughs> yeah. You're losing your running back. Acres is gone with the Achilles. Just throw the game plan out. KJ, well, KJ's gone, so he's using – uh, Brandon Powell and and people that you know, Christed or Tristan Jackson. I mean, talk about not knowing their names for Dobbs. We hardly know their names. Let's not forget the NFL record comeback last year against the Indianapolis Colts, which also also was a coaching masterpiece in the second half. So uh, that I think could be up there in terms of Kevin O'Connell's best games that he's coached so far since he's been here in Minnesota. But this one to me is right up there, not, if not the number one coaching job. Like we like we said earlier. Your starting quarterback goes down. This defense continues to progress, coming up with timely takeaways today in the second half. And this team suddenly has won five of six. And they're right there in the mix for the for the NFC wild card. And still not out of the discussion whatsoever in the NFC North either. All right, two so, games with Detroit at the end. So th this, this has just been um, a terrific turnaround by this coaching staff. And a kudos to them for not letting belief go out the door after that 0-3 start. And, and let me just extend a little bit. I was listening to Ron Johnson. He was saying after the game, you know, like when you're in the headsets and right. you have just a little bit of time, and that's when KO has to give him all those instructions, he says, you know, a wide receiver, we kind of tune out X, Y, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what do I have to do? Great. The, the quarterback has to listen to it all. And then also KO is also like, and, and be aware of the safety coming in over the top or be aware of blah, blah. He has to get all of that information in just a short amount of time to a guy that doesn't even know the language. So it's almost like being dropped into a foreign country. You, you're, you're, you have to listen to it all, know what to do, and process it fast. And I, I want to be a fly on the wall and hear exactly what Coach said to him at the end of the game on that hug. Because you know, you know, he said, I'm looking forward to coaching this guy now. I barely even had any time with him this week. Um, just two guys that know football and were in a desperate situation and somehow relied on what they know instinctually to pull it off. Okay, but Pierre, this may go back to your point, right? This is the date that everybody will look at as Josh Dobbs' day in mm -hmm. Vikings history. But this guy has been on, what, seven teams? Mm -hmm. Okay, seven other coaching staffs, GMs have looked at him and said, nah, you know, we, 
we don't like it here. So is this just a one-hit wonder that Atlanta had no idea what to expect, so he was able to run like he was and get those first downs because of his escapability that, you know, when you know he's the quarterback, you'll change things, you'll put the spy in, you'll have linebackers hang a little bit more. I mean, because there's got to be something more to this. I mean, they couldn't just uncover a diamond here instantly like this and say, you know, because he's been around for five, six years in the NFL and hasn't stuck anywhere. We live in an instant gratification society. So the moment a quarterback in particular gets drafted, everybody thinks to themselves, well, if he's not the starter within the year, well, then what's wrong with him? If not, what's wrong with him? Well, then he must be useless. He's not any good. So it takes time to season a quarterback. This is the hardest position to play in sports, in my opinion. And some guy, it doesn't click with everybody right away. I mean, look at Bryce Young right now. He was the number one overall draft pick for the Carolina Panthers. And do you think Carolina's having a little bit of buyer's remorse with the way C.J. Stroud is playing? You got the number one overall pick and the number two overall pick, and they look like they are just night and day. So right. it, it, some guys just take a little longer maybe to acclimate to the league. Josh Dobbs was always a capable backup, but the question was, was he a capable starter? And I think you make a great point. Now that you have a full week of film on Josh Dobbs, is the script going to look a little bit different when New Orleans comes into town next week? I, by no means, am ready to say, hey, we don't need Kirk Cousins anymore. Look at Josh Dobbs. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. There's a reason why he was on seven different teams. But Kevin O'Connell, I think, is that type of guy who can sit him down, go through the film, say, this is what we need you to do and maximize his potential. Don, what do you think? I mean, he's been passed around like, uh, you know, uh, the last piece of bread at Thanksgiving here. No, I don't want it. You have it. And it just goes around the table. Yeah, and I think someone said like the last five have been just recently, you know, like bing, bang, boom. So it, it is, like you said, Pierre, an instant gratification kind of society. And if this guy isn't going to wow me right off the top, what's going what's gonna to happen? I also want to bring in that coaching equation, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, the coaches, they can't speak quarterback. You know, well, how I, many I'd former – I'd say we have a smarter staff coaches? than what Arizona has. I'll certainly give you that. I mean, they had him for eight games, and they let him go. And then the guy they went with today <coughs> – sorry. At 58 yards right. total, and they got shut out, the Cardinals did. So that was a – Smart move on their part. Yeah, you can't blame it all on the quarterback, as we know. You know, like, who are the guys protecting him? Who are the guys trying to catch the ball? Like, the rest of the team, he doesn't operate in a bubble. But to your point, Pierre, let's not just anoint him and, you know, carrying him through the streets and, th you know, with, with grapes and everything like that. I mean, he's, he's got to earn his stripes. But there was a lot going on today. You know, you didn't have Christian Derrissaw. You know, the defense stood up. They were unbelievable. Just from the goal line stand to – to uh, Jordan Hicks sack, to the pick. I mean, they really kind of kept it in this as well. But when you just purely look at the quarterback, it was survival mode today. And sometimes that adrenaline kicks in too, and it all lifted, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. But just wait and see, because what are they going to be n now? I mean, Nick Mullins is eligible. I don't know if his back is healthy enough to right, come up. Right, but he is eligible he to is, return. He is eligible. I don't know how long the protocol, the concussion protocol is going to be for Jaron Hall. So, you know, maybe he's in the mix to still fight for his job. But let me tell you, when they needed a win today, he pulled it out. And so you should at least just celebrate that. When you look at the box score, you'll notice that Minnesota ran for over 100 yards, which is something we have not seen so far this year, save for Correct. maybe one game. But half of that 
all quarterback. And that's one thing that Dobbs and Hall bring to this table that Kirk Cousins doesn't. Kirk Cousins is not a scrambling type quarterback, as we all know. Dobbs and Hall, both, if you go back to the second drive today from the Vikings and Jaron Hall was still a quarterback, that drive was looking pretty good. He was was looking pretty good. Hits Munt on a a short pass. Finds Madison wide open on the sideline. I, I thought Hall was doing a nice job on that second series before he had to leave the game with injury. And in this league, you, having a quarterback that can extend plays with his legs is a luxury, and you saw it on multiple occasions today mm-hmm. with Josh Dobbs. So that's another element that maybe that generates the run game a little bit now that you have a quarterback who's a threat to run a right. little bit. Mm-hmm. Cam Akers leaves with injury. He's probably lost for the year. Alexander Madison, once again, averaging less than three yards a carry. So uh, how, how does this running game – I, I, we've asked this question nine weeks in a row now. And I think the answer after nine weeks is after, you know, stop making, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> so I'm not expecting anything from his Vikings running game, but adding quarterback now they can get the job done with his legs as well as his arm. That adds a different element to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be difficult now because acres, everybody was warming to and thinking that he eventually would become RB one for this club instead of Alexander Madison. Uh, now that option is no longer there. Ty Chandler, I don't think, got on the field. I know he didn't get a handoff, but he didn't, again, figure in this running attack, which we know is not the most dynamic already. So there must be issues there with Chandler that they're not even giving him a run at starting at quarterback. So um, do they go out and they can't trade for a running back now? No. The, the window is closed there, so they have to go find another body, right, Don? Well, you have to. Is it going to be a quarterback or is it going to be a running back or what are you going to do? You know, um, wide receiver, they at least seem to be deep enough. Even And, and Justin is, is supposed be to be available this week, Justin's too. Justin's going to be available. We'll see where he's at, though. But you bring up Tai Channel. I mean, Kene Wangwu, he still has injury issues. So right when you thought it was one of the deepest positions going into the season, right. um, it's, again, shallow again. So I don't know. That That's going to be for the guys upstairs to kind of feel like, you know, what do we go for? You know, I, the trade deadline is over, but is there any way that we can move someone or what can you do? That's I. Adrian Peterson's still out there. <laughs> AP, he wants to come back. Hey. Why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, why? I mean, do you? Does anybody think that AP can't average 2.8 yards a carry in a game right now? No. no I, I no. mean, he would throw the first guy out yeah. of the way. Yeah. I uh, just fall forward and get two. I mean, still to this day, I, I'll never forget when I shook Adrian Peterson's hand for the first time and my Crushed. hand turned into oatmeal. Like the man is just so strong. Just, um, I, I yeah, I, I think the Vikings are probably good. They'll look at the waiver wire. They'll see what type of tailbacks are out and available right now to add a little bit of depth. But I think Ty Chandler has an opportunity now to step up and, and show what he can do playing behind two guys who are, you know, some pretty good backs, even though Alexander Madison hasn't had the best of seasons. But I think Ty Chandler is going to get a look. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Kwesi's probably scouring the waiver wire right now and seeing who could be out there to just bolster a little bit of depth but yeah uh, Ahmad, Ahmad said they were in the press box today and in Atlanta the GM was right above him so he was saying that as soon as Jaron Hall went down they texting. were looking right back up to Kwesi and he was just like you said burning through the phone again like oh god now what do I going to have to find and then you have uh, KJ Osborne although it looked like he yeah. was mm-hmm. good once he was heading off but he really got racked and had the helmet come off and 
They took him out for protection for the concussion. But still, uh, you've got some issues. And for everybody that dumped on TJ Hawkinson for all the drops earlier, uh, he certainly stood up today and made some critical catches and took some massive shots to the ribs. Uh, Don, he was worth uh, his salary today. Seven catches, 69 yards, and uh, a lot of them were on third down. Yeah, and he almost had the one that that guy punched out too, you know. I mean, they, they really he really took it to the next level after all of those drops where we thought maybe he had the yips earlier in the year. He really settled down, and he's really claimed that I'm going to – this is going to be a physical game. We know it. So he really came through today, really set up some, uh, some nice yardage. I really – I also – was interested in seeing how um, Addison handled that, the the additional physicality, if you will. I still think I know that he was kind of put in a tough situation with that, that catch right at the goal line, or close to the goal line where he kind of looked like he – I think he should have caught the ball, but it was only because I got to see the slow motion replay. Right, right. You know, but, um, but when you see TJ, TJ's learned – over the years that he's going to take those hits and hold on to the ball. And sometimes they're punched out, sometimes they're not. But um, I really liked how he stepped up today to kind of um, show that he could he could kind of do it. He could be the guy still. No? No, yeah. I, no, I would agree. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, like, no. you, you looked all queued up, ready to go. I was just sure going to let you go. No, I'm sorry. But I, I can address you and introduce you uh, formally if you like. And Hi, now Pierre here Nujum, is Pierre Nugent's well, take. Pierre, no, go ahead. No, I, I don't have on I, the tight end. I, I don't have any. Johnny Bunt had a good catch yeah, today. I, I have no issue. I have no issue with how the pass catchers played today. All of them, wide receivers, mm-hmm. tight end. I, I don't have any issue whatsoever. Um, all right, it's, let's it's, let's go this way then. Well, the oh, one thing you I was, got something? The one thing I was just going to add too is on top of Justin Jefferson, you mentioned Quasi burning through his phone at quarterback. Nick Mullins could possibly come off right. IR as well. Yep. So that adds another wrinkle into the mix in the quarterback room. But if he doesn't, what do they do? Well, if it depends on if Jaron Hall clears concussion protocol. Correct. That's what that's what he just has to go through the that. five steps yeah. and there's no time on that, right? Right. Yeah, so a lot of juggling. All right. So let's go with Dobbs next week as a starter against New Orleans. Mm. Uh, is this team actually now as good as their record? Because when they were rotten early, everybody was saying, well, geez, they kept beating themselves. They're actually a good team. So is that good team now emerging through the forest of self-inflicted wounds? And this actually is a playoff team that this Vikings team can actually get to the postseason? Uh, Pierre, I'll, I'll cue it up for you. Well, uh, I keep wondering what would this team look like with Kirk Cousins now moving forward. That that's what that's what kind of just sticks in my brain. But to answer your question, yeah, I think I think this team is good. I'm not going to call them great. I'm looking at the rest of the ske- the schedule the rest of the way. I see two games against Detroit and I see one game against Cincinnati and everything after that, I'm thinking to myself, there's no reason why Minnesota shouldn't win these games on their schedule. Now, they can also, you know, beat Detroit and Cincinnati. That's not what I'm trying to say. Right. But those are going to mm-hmm. be difficult those games. Are the, those two are of those games are on the road. Yeah, two of those games are on the road. So, is there a pathway suddenly to 10 wins for Minnesota after an 0-3 start? If you look at the schedule the rest of the way, and God forbid there are any more injuries around here because <laughs> Lord knows this team doesn't need any more of that. You know they're coming. I, I can't believe I'm sitting here saying that there is a potential possibility that the Minnesota Vikings can win 10 games by the end of the year. That's that's what I mean. That's what's so crazy about the season. 
and you're seeing teams that you thought were going to be good, not so good in the NFC right yeah. now. Yes, and uh, you know a lot of those teams are in the NFC South. Correct. Falcons, mm-hmm. New Orleans is coming in next week. I know they had the opening week loss against Tampa Bay. But, but they, they struggled with the Bears. I mean, they barely beat the Bears. They won by, you know, yeah, a seven. Washington did win today. So when you look at the bottom of the NFC, you know, there's a lot of jockeying for position, but Minnesota's right there in the mix. If the season ended today, they would be in the postseason, and that makes next week's game against New Orleans even bigger because both those teams are now 5-4 and four and are vying for a playoff spot. I'm still exhaling from today, okay? Let's well, be these honest. People the Atlanta Falcons know. are not a great the, team. The people watching want to know where we're going here. Right. We, this is our job, to pontificate. Well, let me tell you, I, I, was it a feel-good win? Was it great? Yes, that they came through all this adversity. But let me tell you, Atlanta is not a good team. They did not play well. Taylor Heineke did not play well. Their defense didn't at many times. So I wouldn't say, yay, this is going to be our torch that we're picking up and we're going to take it the rest of the way because we don't know. I think it was survival mode and a lot of guys played great. Now, to, to your point, Pierre, I would love to see what Kirk cousins can do now that this defense is steamrolling i am concerned about cam makers i'm concerned about the running game yes it does help that a quarterback both jaron hall and dobbs are running quarterbacks they're very mobile but for me there's so many question marks like is, is christian derisaw going to be out for a long time up front right so I, and I then he traded of, away I, cleveland i mean not the same cleveland. position but your offensive line has not been a place where oh we have so many people and then to trade away a guy you're like Really? That that surprised me. I, I mean, I understand What's he's a free Reisner agent in? at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and Dalton Reiser's been great, but, you know, like these guys get hurt. You right. know, they, they they have a tendency to get nicked up on that line. I thought the line played all right today, though. Oh, yeah. Even without Darius. I thought the line well, played Well, because okay you got today. a quarterback that can get away that from helps. everybody. Because if that was Cousins, right. he would have been down on the ground numerous times. He would not have converted that run where was it you know fourth and whatever third and 18 or 16 or whatever and we were still like wow what did i just see right well you can't play houdini or your fourth and seventh year so i i have tempered optimism if that's when when kirk was still there i'm like wow this looks like a pretty easy kind of run of the schedule but right now i'm not sure all right here i'll make it easier for you team is better than the vikings or not better than the vikings philadelphia yes yes okay detroit yes dallas yes yes new orleans even maybe, but no. considering with injuries, not sure. No. I, I say they're worse than the Vikings. I, I think, okay. I, I think they're slightly better only because of the quarterback situation. I know, don't get on me, Dobbs family watching, <laughs> but I yes, you know, they are. They're streaming this right now. Slightly, slightly. I w- I think I would take New Orleans just barely ahead of. Okay, Minnesota. Dallas. Yeah, yes. Dallas. Right. Say yes. San Francisco. Yes. yes. I, I think by the end of the season, San Francisco will be better. Yes. All right. And uh, Seattle. Seattle. They got killed today. They got yeah. dismantled by Baltimore. Um, that's that's your that, other I one. Think that the Vikings I think, are better than that. I Seattle. think that I think is right there. That's where the bar. Okay. Is, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Atlanta's out of the way. Right. We yeah. agree. Yeah. They're down. Yeah. Tampa. Yes. Nothing there. Green Bay. No. Washington. Probably. Washington. Not. Washington. Four and five. Right. So your Vikings sitting five and four. Mm-hmm. They're right behind uh, San Francisco. Seattle's five and three. So you know those teams still, uh, you know they're right there. Yeah. So they have 
five wins, which is the same as Dallas, which is third in the conference right mm-hmm. now. If this is the beginning point for Josh Dobbs, and like we're just seeing the very beginning, and he's going to improve, and they're going to gel more, absolutely. I say, hey, this. I think they they're the fifth best team it. in the division, in the conference. Josh Dobbs had some good games in Arizona this season. He had some games that he wasn't so great. Right. So I, I think that this is the roller coaster ride that you ride with him, and right now it's on an upward trajectory. Who knows what it's going to look like next week with New Orleans? They've got a pretty good defense. Um, Tempered optimism. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. I think that's a good way to say it. it is th- I think they're they're starting to ascend a little bit. I think this defense has formed an identity. They bought into the scheme. That part of the field I'm not terribly concerned with at the moment, anyway. Maybe they gave Marcus Davenport back and elevates them to another level as well. He was playing really well before he got hurt again. Offensively, it's 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 still a prove it for Josh Dobbs. He had a great first game, but it's still a prove it situation for the quarterbacks. All right, uh, you guys have talked about the improved defense. The guy that I've been uh, impressed with this season that I didn't think would be this dynamic is Jordan Hicks. Yes. Uh, today he clobbered it again. Nine solo tackles, a sack, tackle for loss, pass defense, quarterback hit. The guy has been doing it all, which I think, you know, you don't have that penetration uh, of Harrison Phillips and who's ever next to him because it rotates all the time. You know, those guys aren't just ripping things up, but still Hicks has been able to make himself, uh, you know, not get caught up in the wash so he can make these plays, which I, I think is pretty impressive. I also think he's been re-inspired by Brian Flores, the fact that Flo less. I think they all happening. are because before they just stood there. But even the, in the veterans, because he said, hey, they, he looks to us and we can have our input on it. So the fact that, you know, they kind of own an identity with it. But what I love about Jordan Hicks is he said, listen, I'm telling I'm I don't want to just tell the young guys why I'm here, why I'm a captain. I want to show them. So he's been kind of re-inspired to show what he can do and the fact that he's being listened to by the defensive coordinator and he can take it the next step. And then I, I'm like physically, I think he's at his peak, that the best I've seen him play in his career. So um, when you're a guy is energized like that and he's pulling off a sack and 11 total tackles and the week before it's a pick, I mean, I just think that that's great momentum and he's having one of the best seasons I've seen. Eric Hendricks did a lot here in Minnesota mm. a lot yeah one of the better linebackers this franchise has probably ever seen he walks out the door in the offseason Jordan Hicks has been yeah I, I know a lot of people will probably say Harrison Smith is the heart and soul of that defense and for good reason but to me Jordan Hicks is just has a calming stabilizing presence in the locker room guys look to him to lead and he leads by example, and he is all over that football field. Yeah. He, he is just – he everywhere you turn, you see 58 in on a tackle, in on a pass breakup, you know, just everywhere. Jordan Hicks has been nothing short of terrific this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where this Vikings defense will be without him. I really don't. No, there, there's the no doubt about what they've done. The communication has been fantastic. Yeah, so, all right, so this Vikings team is sitting in a unique spot right now, and really it's it's the first point that we brought up is what Dobbs did today, what we can expect the rest of the year, or was this a gotcha moment for that Falcons defense that, you know, we really don't know anything about this guy. Who knew he was this fast? Who knew he was this elusive? I mean, we know it can throw the ball, but when he moved around like that, it gave him so much more time. It changed the look of things. And every defensive back will tell you, 
you know, you want to cover a guy for three seconds. After that, it, it's terrible for the defenders. So can this Dobbs mania continue next week against the Saints? I think it can. I think it can with a full week of practice, too. Mm -hmm. I think it can. A potential return of Justin Jefferson is only going to make Josh Dobbs a better quarterback on top of it, too. And this will get J.J. off the bench quick, too. Because yeah, he'll no go, wait a minute, I like this. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. So, yes, I think it can. And, um, you know, I know that we'll probably talk about the Saints game in just a second. But short answer, yes, I think it can. At least next week. Long term, still waiting and seeing. Like, can you imagine if the guy knows that he's starting and he's not just kind of thrown into the deep end and left to figure it out in a crucial situation, kind of a triage situation today? Right. Um, yes, I look forward to seeing what he can do with even knowing all the guy's names that he's actually playing with. And um, I really love, though, what uh, Kevin O'Connell said at the end of the game. He says, you know, it was a perfect example of do for the guy next to you, whether you've known him 10 minutes or a couple of days or whether you've known him 12 years like Harrison Smith. So um, hopefully he he can feed off what this locker room is giving him as well. And again, when Pierre said at the, at the beginning of the show, uh, Kevin O'Connell and, and his coaching and just give him a week with this guy, I'm looking forward to see what comes out. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing what laundry does, right? You put on the same piece of laundry that I'm wearing and you're my favorite guy. Before they could walk <laughs> by Dobbs at the airport, no clue who he is, who cares. Now they just love this kid. It's the beauty of sport. All right, uh, Saints, you want to you wanna take a stab at it? You kind of alluded to the fact that you may have something you want to throw out about the uh, New Orleans Saints next week here at U.S. Bank Stadium. Play hard-nosed defense. Not a great offense. Mm -hmm. Even with Alvin Kamara still in the backfield, Derek Carr has been fine. It's been fine. Chris Olave is a guy that you haps absolutely have to keep track of because I think that offense runs through Alvin Kamara one, Chris Olave two. So Michael Thomas, who, you know, was a force in this league for a long time, suddenly seems to be like a non-factor out there on the field. I don't know why they don't want to throw Michael Thomas the football anymore. I know Chris Olave has emerged as a guy for them uh, on the outside, but this game, this this feels like another toss-up type game. Well, of course, there's a Viking game. What do you expect? Yeah, okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Here's Carr's numbers, 25-34, 2 TDs, no picks. I know you're going to ask me when we go upstairs, I know you're going to ask me to guess what the spread is. Yes, uh, yeah. coming of up course. Next week. You're so good if, I had to, if I had to take a guess, if I had to take a guess off the top of my head, I think the Vikings will open as a probably a two-and-a-half point favorite, but that's, that's, that's just me guessing. I don't know. We don't know that yet, but – uh, I kind of feel like this, these are two teams who look fairly similar. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like looking in a mirror a little bit here. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. No way am I feeling, hey, it's great that the Vikings won today, but in no way am I going into this week thinking, oh, yeah, they'll definitely carry the momentum over, and it's going to be great next Sunday. They'll crush the Saints. No, I don't feel that way at all. Next week is its own new entity, and I see two teams that are very, very similar to each other that uh, are going to give you, give each other headaches next Sunday when they get on the field. I do see a team coming home. I do see a team continuing on a winning streak, even though all hell is broken loose. Yeah. All, all of their starters are going down. Um, you know, they come out wearing Kirk Cousins T-shirts. Who knows what they're going to wear next week? Is it going to be yeah. Dobbs and Cousins? I mean, I don't know what's going to be on there. But you have just kind of that feel-good emotion. But I do agree with you. You have to limit Olave because chunk yardage against – 
the Vikings defense could be a problem. And if it's the same defense that we have seen over the past few weeks, I'm feeling good about it. And the offense, JJ coming back, how that place is going to be, if they can do some quick strikes and kind of play with a lead. Well, then we'll find out if Dobbs has an arm because we'll he's going to have to air it out to mm -hmm. Jefferson. Yes. So, all right. All right. There you go. Vikings win. We all knew this. You know, it was just a typical mundane win. Uh, Vikings move to what five and four over 500 for the first time this year with their 31 28 win over the Falcons. All right, uh, subscribe, tweet, X, whatever you got to do to follow I'm this. Proud of you, tell your friends, be part of this. It's a great community, you right? Get it, you yeah. can get it wherever you get your other podcasts as well. Wherever you find your podcasts, all right, perfect. All right, that'll do it for us. See ya.